0: But uh, take your bulletin out and follow along on the back and be prepared to write a few things down if you take notes. I, I've, I've called this series, it's three, three weeks, last week, this week, and next week. I've called it The Sounds of Christmas. There are many sounds of Christmas in the Bible, from choirs to angels to people to all kinds of questions. I was walking in the store the other day and I heard the ding, 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 ding the ringing of the bell. Who would that be? And I and I thought that's a sound of Christmas and a worthy cause to give to. And I thought that's kind of fun to have all these things. What does this mean? Shh. <laughs> it means a different thing. You're looking at me like, well, I can't tell you what I th- what I think it means. But what if I said it like this? Shh. Quiet. Shut your trap. Right? How about shh? Some people put the finger up in front of their mouth like, shh, don't talk. It just means don't say anything. Listen, be quiet, listen. And I was thinking about the idea of the sound of silence. That's what I've called this message today. I know it doesn't really make a sound because it's silence, but how many of you know silence does kind of have a sound in your mind? It really does. Can you hear it? How many of you use gray noise or something you put on when you sleep because you don't like it too quiet? A fan or something. Okay, a lot of you do. It's, it's amazing what happens when we have total silence in our life. And the point that I want to make is this. Sometimes God is silent. Sometimes God doesn't speak even though I want him to. I don't know why he goes silent on us, but he does. He does. And for Joseph, in this story, God went silent. And then he finally came through and gave Joseph an answer, but he could have done it sooner. I, I, I'm, 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 there's tension about this message, so I want you to grapple with it like I am. I really want you to put your brain in, in motion and really look at this text in Matthew 1, and I want you to attack it. And, and let's, let's dive into it, and let's really see what it says because it's pretty challenging what happens in this story. Where is God in the middle of the crisis Joseph is gonna have? Number one, how do we make decisions? How do we make decisions in our life? I'm gonna walk through the process that Joseph had in making decisions and I want you to compare it to how you make decisions. How do we make decisions? Matthew one, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, very important, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that's really big news. Joseph, her fiancé, now notice what it says about him. He was a good man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he, what? Decided. Joseph made a decision. He decided to break the engagement quietly. We're about to have a catastrophe on our hands. This is is a, is a crazy, scary moment. Look at his process of thought. It says he was a good man. The word good right there means righteous, integral. He was a man you could trust. We often say, that's just a good man. That's a good woman. And we mean that the character qualities shine. There's something of substance there. Joseph was a good man. It says he did not want to disgrace her publicly. Well, there's a switch from our culture. Man, you go through a breakup these days, people are Facebooking and tweeting and all kinds of horrible things about each other. It's just, it's terrible. Joseph had so much integrity that he said, look, even though she got pregnant and the baby's not mine, I'm not going to trash her name. See, that's character. That's that's not getting the last say. That's walking away from a situation, and normally we don't do that very well. But then it says he decided. Now, here's the tension. He's deciding to do what? To break up with her. How does he know she's pregnant? Let's relive the story. There's only one way so far in the story. God has not spoken to Joseph yet. Who told him? Mary had to have. So how many of you think she's dreading this moment? I mean, she's coming to Joseph. Hi, how you doing? Fine, honey, how are you? Well, I have some big news I need to tell you. Joseph's like, well, okay. What is it? Well, can we sit down? Sure. Are you okay, Mary? Well, yeah, but this angel appeared to me and told me that I was going to have a baby and that I'm now pregnant and it's... It's not The good news is, Joseph, it's not your baby. <laughs> Joseph is going, what? And she says, it's, it's God's baby. The Son of God is, is growing in my womb right now. And Joseph, I mean, I just can't imagine. The Bible says, I mean, he didn't respond like this is a happy little story. He said, can't do it. That's part of the Christmas story too. We don't often talk about that in church. He said, I can't do it. Goodbye. He, he was gonna break it off with her. I mean, think if God, here's, here's the part that messes with me. If God's gonna come to Joseph later anyway in a dream and an angel's gonna speak to him, which is gonna happen in just a second, we're gonna read it. Why couldn't have God just moved it up a few weeks? Are you with me on this? Why is God so late? Why is God so silent? I don't, I don't get this. It doesn't make sense when you first look at this story. Because if God could have said to Joseph, look, this beautiful bride of yours is so sweet, and I need to tell you she's going to bear the child, my child, the son of God. He's going to be called Jesus. Don't be afraid when she tells you this. Then the conversation would have been so different. They sit down for some coffee. Mary's all nervous, and she starts in, and she says, Joseph, I'm really sorry to tell you this. It's really weird, but the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in me, and Joseph could go, shh, I know, sweetie. That's why I'm going to order you another latte. I'm pretty excited about this, honey. We're going to be fine. God told me it's all gonna work out and they have a nice big hug everything's happy he gets her the Lexus no (laughs) no but that's the story we sometimes think of and it was so much more messy than that Joseph probably in tears is walking away from Mary who knows what Mary is feeling she's she's done nothing wrong And he's deciding, I can't do this anymore. I think she saw that in his eyes. He decides to break the engagement quietly. Number two in your outline, how does God show up in your life? How does God show up in your life? There are many factors here, but I just want to have you read with me verse 20 and following. As he considered this, a very important component in this story, he's a thinker. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Joseph's probably thinking, you know, you could have told me this sooner. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Oh, well, let some light in on the... Joseph had this dream. An angel spoke to him. Now, God can do anything. Mary has said, use my life. May it be to me as you have said. Now, Joseph gets this message. How does God speak? I have four little things in your outline I want you to write down or look at. Number one, he speaks to us as we think about it. Joseph considered this. He did not blow up and make a hasty decision and kick the can going out the door when Mary told him. Now think about that. He took some time. Have you ever heard the phrase, I need to sleep on that? What does that mean? It means, I'm, I'm not sure right now. I've got to process this. I want to consider all of my options. Wise people Consider their options. Let's be wise people. Let's not make hasty decisions. Number two, circumstances and situations. Sometimes God uses circumstances in your life to narrow your options down to one or two things. Ever been there? It's not pleasant. I've been there. I mean, when you're diagnosed with something, you don't have a whole lot of options. When a family member decides to do something, when someone else is not faithful, when this happens, when the money runs out, when the, whatever it is, sometimes you are down to a situation and a circumstance where there's one option and you wouldn't have chosen it, but you have no choice, and now there you go. And sometimes God uses circumstances in our life to bring us to that humbling place where we say, okay, God, whatever, I'll do it. That's how God uses it sometimes. Number three, God-sized dreams. I think that all of us are, have the capacity to have dreams that are birthed by God. And right now, I don't mean physical dreams at night while you're sleeping. I mean a vision of clarity that you say, God's calling me to this. God's calling me to do this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take a missions trip. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna take my kids here. I'm gonna, I have a, a vision for a ministry. That's how all these ministries at Timberline started. Someone said, I have this idea, and I think it's God. And we said, how can we get behind that? So God-sized dreams, sometimes God talks to us through those visions and dreams. But the fourth thing, and I think probably the most significant to me, is significant others. There are many people that speak into my life who help me find my way. And I am very thankful for this. It's a huge part of how God speaks to me. I have my quiet time with God and read the Bible, and God speaks to me in those moments often. But I, I have to tell you, one of the standards for me is talking with my wife, Bonnie. We discuss every big decision. And then my kids, you know, when your kids get older, they become your friend and, and there's these great deeper conversations and stuff. It's really been fun for us. And, and then I think of other significant people. Our teaching team would be a great example because we study together, we go through text together, and in that process, life starts to get put on the table. What do you think about that? What, why do you feel that way? What happened to you then? How were you raised? What did you get that? And boy, all of a sudden, I'm making decisions. Our whole pastoral team sitting around the table. I learn from them. I grow from them. There's wisdom in that room. So anyway, from many of you, I think that's really important. God speaks to us in different ways. Number three, how will God use you in the big picture? Now, this is where it gets, you know, we kind of get the cap on it here. How will God use you in the big picture? Verse 22 All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. (laughs) Don't just run by that. All of this occurred. See, God had a plan way back here. What you're going through right now, and God is silent, he, he could have had a thousand year plan for your life, and you just happened to be in the middle of it. He did for Joseph, he did for Mary. He's not surprised by this, they are. This is out of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. It says this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel." The choir sang about it today, which means God with us. I love that. See, what if God has something in mind in utilizing your life that you know nothing about right now? Just think about that for a minute because if you've prayed the prayer, God, use my life however you see fit. How many of you have prayed that prayer? Okay, some of you are like, um, um, depends on what you're going to say next. <laughs> no, I believe in total surrender to God. I really do, and I think that's a good idea and a good step. But I will tell you right now that when you pray that prayer, what you are saying is that you trust God to spend your life in the way he best wants to use it. You're not saying, God, I will add you to my life so my dreams will come true. But that's, that's how watered down the word Christian has become in our culture. We think adding God to our little grocery cart on the list sorta of entitles us to all these wonderful things. So if you add God, you get this and this and this and this and, this, and oh, isn't this nice? Well, that's not what this book says. Joseph had no idea that his fiance was going to have this pregnancy. And he's been faithful. The Bible says he's a good man. But somewhere back there, he surrendered his life to God. Some of you are facing things right now. You didn't plan, you can't foresee it coming. And God is silent for a reason. And I don't know why, and neither do you. That's what trust is, and that's what faith is. And it's a challenge. And it's part of this story so we can see it. Because here's why, number four. It does not always work out like you thought it would. How many of you have learned that? Harsh reality here. Don't even like this part of the sermon. It doesn't always work out the way you thought it would. Look at this in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord, notice, commanded, and took Mary as his wife. Big question. Okay, think about this. Don't be offended that I'm asking this question. Did he want to? He's decided to break up with her. Now he's commanded by the angel to marry her anyway. (laughs) Some of you are like, you're ruining the story of Joseph and Mary. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I believe they ended up in love completely, but I'm telling you, he followed the command. He did what God asked him to do. And here's another thing. He didn't even get to name the child. How would you like to raise a child that isn't yours and you don't even get to pick the name? How would you like to raise the son of God? I mean, can you imagine that complexity? I'll pass, thank you. I mean, Jesus is growing up and saying, no, don't do that, son. Well, okay, you can do whatever you want, sorry. (laughs) I forgot, you're God. (laughs) Did he really want to do this? I think he took it on knowing it would be a challenge. That's That's the fifth point, will I live with discipline and obedience? Will I live with discipline and obedience in my life? This part of the story is very amazing. And in our culture, it's massive. Young people, young adults, teenagers, listen carefully to what I'm about to read. But Joseph did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph remained faithful. To honor Mary and honor God by not having sexual intercourse with her until after Jesus was born. That's discipline. That's willpower. That's integrity. Young people, I know in our culture today, sex is just a little buzzword that's thrown around like it's meaningless. And the expectations that are put on you and the pressures that are put on you, I'm so sorry. Shouldn't be that way. Draw a line in the sand for your life. Walk the walk that God wants you to walk and it will spare you many emotional scars in your future. Joseph had no regrets. See, he didn't use the excuses like many use today. He could have said, well, she's pregnant anyway. What's it matter now? But he didn't. He could have said, well, we're together for life, so that makes it okay. But he didn't. He could have said, no one's really going to know this is our business. It's no one else's business. Well, your life is God's business if you've said you want to follow God. It really matters. And, you know, one of the things they had that they could have used as an excuse was, well, people are gossiping about us anyway, which was true. They knew Mary was pregnant. She wasn't yet married. She's a little, you know, out there. So the, the rumor mill Joseph. A matter of fact, a couple times in Scripture, uh, could, I, could I say, legalist um, teachers of the law actually called Jesus the bastard child, because that stigma stuck with them because of this story, and this was rumored around them their whole lives. So they could have said, "Well, it doesn't matter anyway, they're talking about us." But he didn't, why, because he was a man of integrity. And they honored God. Here's the thing with your sexual thoughts, your life, your body. Will you honor God with all of that? He created you for more than pleasure. And God created you for purpose that is beyond pleasure. Give him your whole life, everything you are, remaining pure. Joseph was instructed to give him the name Jesus, so he did. Joseph doesn't seem upset about it, he seems calm and stable and ready to go. I want to tell you something, when I was teaching my kids how to ride a bicycle, it was very rewarding and very frustrating to me. Because there came a point running down that hill, I can still see the hill where I, where I was running them down this hill, where they're going faster than what I can run. <laughs> Boy, that's scary. The training wheels are off and they have to learn to balance on their own and all of them in some small fashion had, had a wreck somewhere along the way. And I could just be silent. I could try, but I couldn't be there because they had to learn by going through that experience. When God is silent in your life, like he is right now for some of you, he's not, he's not wasting your life. He's letting you learn. He's letting you grow even in the tension of relationships and issues, when you're crying out to God, sometimes there are no other ways that you can grow. Joseph and Mary were better because of that tough discussion they had about her pregnancy. I believe it made him believe her later when she said things that God put in her heart because there are other times when she pondered things in her heart and she would convey to Joseph. I believe they went back to that moment when he was about to blow it and God showed him she's trustworthy. Believe it when she says it. That's how we learn. Let's pray together. Lord, I don't always like learning like that. It's it's tougher, and your silence is not always welcome (laughs) in my life because I would rather you just tell me, but I know your silence has been a part of my life where I've grown, where I've learned, where I've had to stretch, where I've had to believe when it wasn't very comfortable, and I've had to just live on discipline and Lord there are people here right now who want to feel you they want to hear your voice but you've gone silent and they don't know they don't know why this news isn't good news they don't know why this diagnosis has taken place they don't know why they're in the middle of a mess but you are there let them walk by faith not by sight if you're in the middle of God being silent in a dilemma a challenge a trial in your life, would you please raise your hand and let me pray for you? Thank you. Lord, these moments mean so much as we talk about things like this here in our living room, as we call it, where we just talk about life. You have a plan for these whose hand just went up. And it's awkward because they're seeking you Just like Joseph was, he needed clarity, and it took you so long. Show them right now that they can walk with you out of obedience and do the best they can, and you will show up if they're making a wrong turn, just like you did for Joseph. But sometimes, Lord, you ask us to navigate from an instrument panel, not from sight. And we have to trust that the ground is there. We have to trust that what we cannot see is real. So, we will journey in that level of faith for this season of our life until you bring clarity beyond what we know now. Touch these brothers and sisters, encourage them, show them you are a God who loves them and you haven't left them, you haven't walked away, you're still with them. Secondly, I, I just want to pray over some of you that would say, I could use some development in some areas of discipline in my life that I need. You know, Joseph being so integral and his character and and we all have moments where we're tempted to slip up, and I get that, but do you know your weakness? It's important that you do. It's important that you, you pay attention to that. How many of you would say, I know my weakness, and I need God's help even going into this season that I can develop either through a friend, a mentor, or just some disciplines in my life to stay on that track that will keep me righteous before God? Hold your hand up if that's you. Lord, we pray for this. I pray for it in my life. We pray for it in the lives of others that we will have the wisdom and the counsel of God to pay attention to those little indiscretions that lead to big problems. It starts so small and it ends so big. Help us, Lord, to trust you when it's small and to trust you when it's big because you care about both. Lastly, I want to invite you to accept Christ if you've not done that. If you know you're separated from God, I simply want to lead you in a prayer that says, I need God in my life. I'm separated. My sin has separated me from him. Pray this prayer right where you are. Lord, today's the day, and I know you're knocking on my heart. My sin has separated me from you. Just tell him that. Just tell him that right now. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe in you. I believe you died on that cross and rose from the dead. I give you my life. Journey with me now. Help me to forgive myself and move on by faith to trust you for my future. We thank you, Lord. We pray these things in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Wanna have a prayer focus for the families and people in Connecticut right now. Wanna wanna say this. We are reminded when things like this happen that this is not heaven. And the kingdom of God has not yet come to earth in fullness. The free will of man sometimes is a terrible thing. I've often thought if I was God, I would guarantee you, I would never let something like that happen. But that's my human, I don't know why God doesn't intervene in moments like that. I just can't imagine the horrific emotional challenge that that's created for families and children. But I know this, even when God is silent and he doesn't show up, there will be people who point their fist at God and their finger at God and say, how could God let this happen? But I know God is open armed right now for every person who will seek him. And he is there as the giver of peace in ways man cannot comprehend. So our role is not to understand why these things happen, but to pray when they do, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray for these families. We pray for these teachers. We pray for these schools. I pray for teachers in this room right now or going back to the class tomorrow. I pray you would give them wisdom and courage and strength to push away fear. Lord, we ask you to be that comfort and let people run into your arms. That you will be there. Just help them get to get through 60 seconds at a time. 90 seconds at a time. Just moment by moment. Your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, let's receive our regular tithing offering right now. Ushers, would you come? We are coming down to the end of the year. It's hard to believe that. And uh, so if you do want the, the credit that the government gives you for 2012, December 31 is our last business day, so that's required by law, so just keep that in mind. But most of all, thank you for just giving generously with joy from your heart. If you're a guest, we don't ask you to give. Just be our guest today. Drop your connection card in as it goes by. And those of you that are out of work right now, we have no expectation that you'll give Um, our prayer is for you, that God will supply and meet your need financially. It's really tough on people right now, and we're trying to help as many people as we can. So keep that in mind as you give as well. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give with joy, and thank you for the challenges that we have that help us learn to be good stewards. It's all yours anyway, and we know that, and we trust you in your name. Amen. So good. Why don't you stand with me, if you're able, and our prayer team, would you guys come now and just be available? You might just need to come up here and take a hand and let someone pray with you before you walk out of here. It's worth taking the time to do that. There's tables out there in the mall. Adopt a family if you want to pick up a family. Small group leadership, it's all out there. But take a moment, if you want, and let us pray for you. Otherwise, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I know many of you take off this week. Others of you have large uh, groups of people coming in. Whichever it is, we love you. Merry Christmas. And remember, the service starts now. Go make a difference. Thanks for coming to Timberline. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.